Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. Different podcast today. Two different guests. First guest, Philip Agnew, co-founder of the Dream Defenders, a South Florida activist group. I, I know this is weird because he's younger than me. I consider Philip Agnew to be one of my heroes. He is a thought leader. He is a social justice innovator. Some of the ideas in Philip's mind are revolutionary. The way he, you know, sort of expresses himself is everything um, that I would want uh, in, a, in a leader for my community to be. When I say my community, I'm not talking about any specific ethnicity. I'm talking about freedom and justice-loving people everywhere. Philip Agnew uh, is just an insanely important um, guy and voice, and we are delighted to have him on the Red Pill Podcast today. That's the first part, righteousness with Philip Agnew. Second part, Marissa Mendez, woo, ratchetness. Me and Marissa have a ratchet conversation it's ratchet, but at the same time, Marissa got like all of these feelings and stuff like that. She'd be like feeling different stuff and like she's ratchet, but then at the same time, you bring it back and we get to the depths of why she acts the way that she does, which is the ratchet way. Um, very intelligent lady, very talented lady, but she lives the ratchet lifestyle, and the ratchet credo, and the ratchet code. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about that. We have a very special podcast, Righteousness and ratchetness, righteous and ratchet, on today's red pill. Pop some pills, listen to both parts of this. Part of it, we talking about saving the community. Part of it, we talking about fucking rappers, okay? It's two different conversations. You need them both. Pop some pills, let's get it done. So, Philip. Yeah. We met, um, this summer, yep. uh, at the NAACP convention, we did, we did down in San Antonio. We yep. did a panel together. Uh, shout out to Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany I was talking to her today. Yes, does uh, great work. Yeah, the fantastic work with the youth and college division of the NAACP. Yep. Um, it was a fantastic panel. It was. Uh, I'm gonna leave somebody out. It was Jamira. Yep, Jamira Burley. Burley. Uh, Blair Imani. Yep, my and son and Shakisha Clemens. Yep. And yeah, and, yeah. Then, and I moderated and immediately. <laughs> Uh, I was impressed by Philip. Now, we're going to get into what Philip does and why he was on the panel and why he's such an important voice. But the reason why I was impressed by him is because, number one, I had known who you were from before, yep. followed your work, seen yep. some of the things you had done. Appreciate it. But let me tell you the way how realness matters and how realness <laughs> always wins. So we do, we, we, before we get up in and do the panel, the entire event is sponsored by like Nissan or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So before we do the panel, this Nissan guy comes up and gives like a speech about how Nissan is working with the NAACP. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And the speech is, this is how important a partner is that Nissan is to the NAACP. He's a corporate Nissan dude, black guy. Of course, they're going to have a black guy there, corporate Nissan guy. We get down there. I asked the first question. Can't remember what it was. Philip said, that's important. But before I get to that, I want to talk a little bit about Nissan. And goes into and goes, listen, Nissan is just like another corporation. I don't like these corporations. We need to make Nissan and all the rest of these people put people before profit. And then goes, not only that, but the reality is that they kind of make shitty cars. I was like, yo, this guy right here, they just told you they paid for the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why yeah. is it important for you, no matter where you're at, to have that type of fierce yeah. sort of dedication to truth and transparency? Well, uh, 
my thing is calling out hypocrisy. Mm. They came up talking about how much money they had given the NAACP, but they give that penance penny, right? That's what I call penance pennies mm -hmm. because they crush unions, right? Mm. And so for me, it was just an obvious, I probably wouldn't have made the comment if, right. it, if their name was just on the masthead. And but the the guy had come up and 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 talked about all the great things that they do for the black community. When I know in Mississippi they had crushed a union of black people of Latino people, and so all the millions they saved on crushing a union, they gave a few thousands. And so it's important for me because I think we've lost a lot of sight, especially with the movement now. Mm -hmm. The movement has been completely corporatized and taken over. Right. And so the institutions that we look to to give us accurate information to lead us are underwritten by the very people who we should be fighting against. Mm. And so I think in this climate, when you've got the Colin Kaepernick Nike deals and you've got um, BT now the woke network and you've got all of these people trying to rebrand themselves as people who care about people because the culture has shifted because of the work that we did it's important to recalibrate that and just make sure people know who they really are. Then you make your decision about who you mess with. I want to ask you a little bit about Colin Kaepernick in a second in that yeah. Nike deal. But first of all, tell them how you were able to weaponize your mind the way that you have. Like, where, Tell them a little bit. I know all about you, but yeah. people that are on the red pill, tell them yeah. how, how you got to be where you are. So, um, I mean, I was born in 1985. In a hospital. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I grew up poor in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father used to drive me around Chicago. This is all a true story. My dad would drive me around Chicago and show, we would go to the nice parts of town. Mm -hmm. And he would show me the houses and he would show me, we go to Cicero and some of the suburbs and he'd tell me all oh, the mob runs this. And he gave me a layout and an understanding of the city that was larger than our upbringing at the time. Mm -hmm. And... I always had an acute awareness of unfairness, that yeah. what I call unfairness. I just thought the world was unfair. Mm -hmm. I did. My parents worked hard. My dad was on Jeopardy when I was in third grade. It wasn't a matter of my dad not being highly intelligent. He right? was. He's he was. Very smart brother. Right. Yeah. My, fa my mother graduated with her master's in mathematics with three boys, mm -hmm. right, and, and giving birth to a fourth. Mm -hmm. So I, they had done everything correctly, but I saw unfairness. Then I went to magnet school. Mm -hmm. Which so, one? Whitney Young. Whitney Young. Whitney Young. You yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah. the Whitney Young. Dolphins. The Whitney Young, yes. You, you, so, so I, I, I got it, went, came from West Inglewood to Whitney Young. So I, I saw the disparity. I lived disparity. I didn't have a language for it, though. In fact, I grew up like I could beat them at their system. I could do business better. I knew how to play music. I knew how to talk to people. I went to college with the, with the mindset, I'm going to smash it. I'm going I'm to do everything that they do better than them. Mm -hmm. I mean, white, rich people. That's what I saw. Yeah. And in college, I got involved at Florida A&M. I got involved with student government. I got involved politically. I took classes that told me and showed me that it wasn't just unfairness and my parents were just not unlucky. Mm -hmm. Right. And I used to get ashamed of my parents. You know, I'm like, why we got to live like this? Because you, know? you didn't feel like they had reached sort of the milestones that you would have liked them that at all, at all. And I looked around and I saw people hustling mm -hmm. and uh, my parents had hustle. Right. But I looked at people who had the things I wanted, the material things I wanted. And I, I had grown ashamed. And then I learned that it wasn't a it wasn't a coincidence. And once that light bulb went off for me. Then I got a, you know, later on I went and got a job and I, I did everything I claimed I wanted to do. I started to make money and 
I, you know, in the Bible, they say I was a lender and not the borrower. Mm. I had switched positions. I realized that all of that wasn't enough for me not to get arrested, not to get pulled over, thrown on the ground for uh, wearing a backwards hat in an outdoor venue in Charlotte, North Carolina, mm -hmm. pulled over over 25 times over a two-year period. Mm -hmm. um, and my whole thing at this point is... The system you wanted to play inside of, you yeah. realized it was broken. Oh, I, I say the system is working. This right. is a system for 400 years that has worked very efficiently at its uh, designed purpose. Right. This is a this is a the United States is made in the service of capital. Mm. They they built a nation in the service of their business interests, not mm. the other way around. Mm. And so their system is working very well. You right. play by the rules. And that's all of us. Right. Not It's black people. Primarily, it's women. Uh, you play by the rules. Yep. You play by the rules mm -hmm. and you'll get ahead in the re and and uh, I played by the rules and uh, I couldn't silence the voices of people from my family. Uh, the organizing that I had done in college around a young man named Martin Lee Anderson who got murdered, murdered in a boot camp. Mm -hmm. The my family members that went to jail. And I knew I had all of this knowledge and I had the gift of communication. And I knew that organizing and building organization was the vehicle for us to build what we needed to do. And so for me, we started an organization called Dream Defenders in a long, windy story mm -hmm. in 2012 after Trayvon Martin was murdered with the understanding that in the state of Florida, there, are, there were at the time no sufficient means by which young people, black people, Latino people, poor white people could come together and organize for political, economic, cultural power. And that's what the organization was started under. Not just a response to Stand Your Ground. We're not the Stand Your Ground group. This is about building a genuine political home and political uh, organization for us to not just sit around and talk shit all day. Right. For us to say, we're going to do something about it. And so that's why Dream Defenders came about. Hmm. So you're no longer uh, the head of Dream Defenders now, right? What made you, you founded an organization with a very specific goal. Yep. You are transitioning away. Why? Well, a part of that goal is to develop people who can lead organizations. Okay. And we have people who can lead it. Right. And I'm tired. Mm. You know, I think there's another thing for me personally mm -hmm. that I want to achieve. It's weird, bro. When I, there's a vision that I have of myself. It's crazy. Like a dream or like a premonition that I have in my mind about something that I'm going to do. And I haven't hit that moment yet. Hmm. And I can't even really fully frame it. I know what I'm doing. I know I'm talking to people. I know that it is a movement afoot in that vision, but I don't know where it is. I don't know what I'm wearing. Mm -hmm. I can't see who I'm talking to. But this is a true story. I've, I don't talk to many people about it. And that is like something that's set with me. That's why I'm so restless, period. But for the organization, they're ready to do and continue to do what we always set out to do which is win something on Tuesday and continue with what we're calling 2020 vision, mm. right? We're understanding that what we do this year is also about the year 2020. And as Florida goes, so goes the country. Right. And so the work we're doing, while it has been local, while it has been statewide, will soon, I think it already is, but in 2020 will surely be a national work. Mm. And so that's what we're, we're going toward. And I don't know what I'm going to do next. Not sure, but you're just going to be led by what what what's going to lead you into the next iteration of, of of where you are well man i think personally i think it's a lot of and we've talked about this a little bit i sure. think it's a lot of people who wear the garment of movement and revolution or radical but are frauds mm -hmm. 
right? There are people who don't study. They're ahistoric in what they talk about. Um, and these are people who have received the mantle of leadership, and I think they're misleading millions and millions of young kids. Right. And so what I want to do is contribute my voice in communicating um, an accurate, a historic, and a visionary perspective and relevant. You know, I don't think there's many cats that look like me that uh, were on MSNBC right. every every day. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, I don't think that person has to be me, a la Tupac, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I, I do believe that I want to be a part of inspiring young people um, to, to have an understanding of where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. And without any of the, without one of those pieces in the tripod missing, it's an incomplete thing. So when you say that, because there's one narrative that's out there right now with with social media giving rise to so many different people who have platforms and these platforms actually turning into monetary gain, yep. um, sort of social standing, yep. uh, different things like that. How do you spot you personally? Right. Someone who you feel like is moving with the spirit of authenticity. What to what what to you? Because right. there's there's more voices than ever before. Right. And there's more work to do. Yeah. Um, so for somebody out there, how do they how do they know who's real? You know what I'm gonna say? Fraud actually is an intense word. I still mean it. <laughs> but it's an intense word. Okay. I don't doubt that many of the folks that are uh, have been out here talking about, you know, their movement leaders are authentic. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them are speaking from their personal experience. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying what they offer to people is insufficient for what is needed in the moment. Mm. And so How I don't so? doubt. For me, it is, a, it is a, a question of where you're leading people. So if by and large you're leading people, what is your North Star? That's what I'll talk about. What is your North Star? I try to align with people with similar North Stars. Mm -hmm. And my North Star is that uh, based on the understanding that our economic system that we are all a part of, I am too, I need money, I need resources to, to live and to maneuver, mm -hmm. to make my vision real. Right. But that the economic system we have chosen is based on the destruction of people, particularly black people, but also Latino people and poor white people. Mm -hmm. And internationals, uh, international peoples is based on their exploitation and destruction. Right. Unless you actually agree with that central point with me, then I can't I can't proceed with a conversation about what you're building. Right. And th let me be clear. We can also then debate what is the solution to that problem. But if you are going to try to convince me and other people that minor reforms to either the economic or the political, which is inherently related to the economic, mm -hmm. minor reforms are the North Star. Right. This is what we must do. Then I can't fuck with you. So you believe that sweeping reform is what's needed, either sweeping reform or scrapping it and starting something else? I believe the best way for me to put in an analogy is if your reform is not aimed at either chipping away or taking out one of the legs or the pillars mm -hmm. under the thing, then it's not a reform. It, it, then it's not a, a reform that's worthwhile. Okay. It's not a radical reform. Right. It, for example, one example I'll put out to you. You're we both in prison. Sure. I come to you, I come to your cell, and I say, yo, bro, yo, we, we should have conjugal visits in here. Not with each other, but like with people that are coming of a because you know, like, it's a new I'm day. Saying, it's I'm a saying, new yo, day you as well. Know. You know, like, that could have been the way I was trying to holler at him. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. We should be able to see our our, our significant others, others whoever, whoever they, they may be, be in there. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. We should have better food. Mm-hmm. Yo, the food that, that has no nutritional value in here, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yo, we should have law books in here. We should have law courses in here. Mm-hmm. You sit down, like Phil. I fuck with yo. Like I mean, I'm a part of your movement. Mm-hmm. Like. We need law books in here. We need. I need. I need to see my 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 lady or whoever. Well, I'm whoever. With. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need better food. You yeah. know what I'm saying. I need a a gym in here. Like, I I wouldn't disagree. You wouldn't disagree with anything that I'm saying. All right. All that I'm saying is true. Yes. Until a motherfucker from next door comes and says, like, "Yo, you know we shouldn't be in here." You understand what I'm saying? Mm-mm. One is a reform that says let's improve the conditions of oh, where we are. No, when you said in here, you oh, meant in literal. prison. It was too late. Oh, I thought you meant I thought you meant in the cell. I'm gonna work on this for Van, next time. Van's first dumb moment of the podcast. <laughs> you mean yeah. in the prison? We shouldn't be. And so that, that is the that is the difference between what I am attempting, even through faults, Fantastic. and even through trying to live. Fantastic. What I'm att- attempting. To, to illuminate for, our, for 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 young people. Right. It's like, yo, the cat that's saying, yo, get your money. Uh, uh, get out the hood. Make money for your community. Give money back to your community. He's not trying to lead you astray. Mm-hmm. The person who's saying, get your education. Go to HBCU. Go to Harvard. Go to Yale. That person, that woman is not trying to lead you astray. That person saying, run for office. Young, mu- young man, young sister, mm-hmm. run for office. They don't want to lead you astray. I'm not saying... Particularly that they shouldn't take it personal when I when I get mad at it. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is all of those are means to ameliorate or mitigate the current context, and we do need at least a few people who are. Or uh, Google has a moonshot idea department. They fund a. You know about this? Sure. Yeah. They fund a moonshot idea, stuff we may never see. Right. May never make it to market. Right. But they fund a group of people who are like, yo, we should co- probably plan for Armageddon. Right. Yeah. Even if it's not tomorrow. I read a whole deal about people just, just sit in the room and feel like and think about how to make Earth uh, safe from solar flares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like a solar flare might never happen. Exactly. But there's a group of people that is their job and they're funded to think about what to do in case of a solar flare. Exactly. Right. So so I, all of that to say, I think I, I don't I don't want to take a lot of this stuff is taken personal. Right. All I'm saying is what I'm trying to bring to the table is that. We should have more people saying, hey, maybe none of us should be in prison. Mm-hmm. The books and the food and seeing your girl is nice, but... Maybe we shouldn't be in this situation in the first place. Right. Fantastic, bro. Being that politics seems to be a part of the system that you're describing, yep. why is it still important that uh, black Americans get involved yep. in the political process? Well... Um, is it going back? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, going back to my analogy. Right. Hopefully, you're still with me on it. The prison analogy. Yeah, we in there. We're in prison. We're, we're gonna get out. We're gonna get we're out. We're in so. the prison. Yeah. I mean, the guy who comes next door and says, "Yo, we shouldn't be he- be in here," and I've been thinking about bombing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You like? I think I'm gonna stick with these books, bro. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. 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 But but maybe he comes by and says, uh, let's uh, let's take over the whole thing. Let's get. I got some of my people who signed up to be CEOs, and uh, some of my people who are in line to be a warden, and we're aligned strategically on what's gonna happen on day one when they get in that position. They are gonna close the whole thing. They are gonna let us out. Right. They are gonna push the door and let us out. 
Um, politics, I think, has always been for black people an interesting proposition because you're putting sending people into a system that's not built for them and hoping that they do a radical thing for us. Right. But they are they're over an entire city, not just the black parts or the Latino parts. That all that being said, we're participating this year because we have moved and shifted a culture in Florida that has created a candidate and created a lane for a candidate to run on a platform that gets us closer to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. And we believe it. Right. I'm, I, I'm not, I, I don't have bad things to say about, I think we have to work to move Andrew to farther where we want him. Mm-hmm. But Andrew actually is a specific candidate. I don't know of any candidate that I would have worked and we all would have worked as hard for. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? I completely I, get what you're saying. I couldn't. I think it would be hard for me even to spend a week with another cat right. and be like, I think this guy's legit. Right. I'm talking about I've known Andrew since 2003. Right. And I believe that he is a step in the right direction for us to create the conditions for what we really want in Florida. And that is for it not to be a playground for the wealthy, right? Not mm-hmm. to be a place where they hide and they save their money. Sure. And for it to be a place that uses the millions of dollars and resources that it gets every year to provide for food, shelter, water, a clean environment for all people, education, health care for all people. Right. And we really believe in Andrew. Andrew is not a champion, though. He's not a, a, a god, a messianic figure. We believe in the strategic value of having Andrew in office and what the possibility of his candidacy and his governorship opens up for us to do more. Right. And that's solely what this is based off of. I will not, 2019, I will not be jumping to another candidate and saying, oh, this is another candidate. This is a part of our long-term vision for the state of Florida, and Andrew fits squarely his presidency, or Freudian slip. Yeah, 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 yeah. His governorship fits firmly in where we see opportunities in the state of Florida. Beyond him, how important do you feel like it is that African-Americans or people um, that this system is working against right how is how important is it for them to be involved in the political process in voting right now we're talking about what we call harm mitigation and for anybody that's watching we're talking about trying to prevent worse things from happening that's what we're that's what this election is about mm-hmm. Andrew is a particular candidate Stacey Abrams is a progressive mm-hmm. um, and f- first black woman governor in the history of the country Beto O'Rourke in Texas? You know, Beto, I don't know as much about him. I know he's charismatic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he's on an Ob- Obama trajectory mm-hmm. um, with his candidacy. If he wins, right. I think he'll skyrocket up into the Democratic conversation for 2020. But what we're talking about is not just more years of the same from 2016. We're talking about all uh, uh, indicators are showing that it's going to get worse. For poor people, and I mean poor white people, Latino people, immigrant folks, Haitians, black people, mm-hmm. it's going to get worse for them. How do you, you said that a couple times. This is very important. Yeah. As black Americans, uh, two things I want to ask you. First of all, um, as black Americans, is it, there's a, there's a debate out there right now that says we care too much about other groups yep. and them finding 
the American dream or socioeconomic sort of ascension that we right. that as black people we're empathetic and we care about transgender people and, right. and the LGBT situation and poor Latinos and poor whites. Yep. Um you've mentioned and we've talked about this before yeah. uh not just for poor, not just for blacks, but for other people that seem disenfranchised or cut off uh, from having the system work for them. Yeah. Why is it always important for you to be inclusive? Well, for me, I'm gonna say I hate the diversity and inclusion language. I think that's the corporate. That's the way that we've been forced to talk about it. Okay. For me, how I mean, how I mean it. I know you're just asking about inclusive of my language. Sure. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is way longer to say. Right. Poor white people, Latino people. <laughs> right. 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 It's right. way longer to check all those boxes. Right. Well, to be honest, man, I think by and large, people like me understand that this ain't for them. Mm. This thing ain't for them. By and large, we got middle class. We got the links. We got people who, you know, they they've they've ascended into some stratosphere where their blackness shields them from the worst of what it's like. Right. But for me, what I've witnessed and in, in, in studied in 300, 400 years of this country is that poor white people have yet to understand that this ain't for them because they've been told, at least you're not a nigga. At least you're not a nigga. At least you're not a nigga. Yeah. You know? Like I know. You, you're I, getting fucked over. Yep. You don't have any job. Like, I read a book called, <laughs> I read a book called Hillbilly Elegy. Did you ever read that book? No. By J.D. Vance. And the, okay. book, and the book is a memoir about this guy who's raised um, uh, in, in Appalachia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, come and, on. And and the reality is that if you stripped away the fact that I know that that's a white dude yeah. and just talked about the way his family interacted yes. and the problems that they had, yes. you would not have any clue that yep. these weren't my family members exactly. from southern Louisiana. Yes. It's exactly the same yep. things. Even the health yeah. risks yep. the things that get them same stuff this is the basic one of the more basic things that i would like to offer into the discourse in the next few years is an understanding that yeah black people have gotten it worse this shit was built off us mm -hmm. black women get it double worse double right? worse this shit god was, bless our shit, you understand so that that must be stated mm -hmm. what must also be stated is that White people have been tricked because of racism into finding some sort of relationship with a Donald Trump, right? Uh, a wealthy person who cares nothing about them, mm -hmm. right? Um, only as a base of people who will blindly follow him just to not be considered a nigger in mm. this society. And for me, other people say that's not their work. And I get that. Like every, everybody ain't going to do everything. But I've worked in rural white communities before. I, in, in my previous corporate life, mm -hmm. I worked in rural North Carolina. And I've had incredible conversations with those people, right? And I believe that at least someone should be challenging poor white people. And I might not be the best messenger. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of, one of, one, somebody in their family could be a better messenger. Right. But for me, it's just important um, and it's also like, I feel like I got more weight. Why, why cut off the amount of members in, in, on our side automatically? Right. right. That doesn't even sound smart strategy wise. Mm -hmm. Why automatically say, nah, you white, you not really, you can't really get down with us. Right. You know what? The, the, it, it's weird because we've been, 
we've been having this conversation with I've been having this conversation with a a, a, a couple of different people that I know. I think for me, just people in my community are naturally and, and we're just naturally empathetic, right? Yeah. So beyond um beyond any strategy, they just care about like black people have been the the victims of such injustice. Yep. They just give a fuck when they see it happening to somebody else. Yes. Normally. You yes. know what I mean? There are some obviously very, very troubling uh <laughs> um ideas and notions about homosexuality where I'm oh, from. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you right. know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> but most of the time um but there are people that believe that if we don't concentrate solely on what's going on with us, all right, I hear this all the time that in some kind of way we're going to get distracted away from it and we won't be able to achieve the goals uh, for us that we want. To them, you say. I mean, I think in in mass, yeah. they're correct. Mm -hmm. If all of us right. focused on working on everybody else's things, we would never do it. I'm talking about what I think I can contribute. Word. And I think my role is, I've, I've been, you know, I'm 33 and I've been up, uh, you know, I've been up late lately like all i can't sleep mm -hmm. right and one thing i've been playing around with is just how interesting my life personally has been mm -hmm. i did corporate america grew up in a black church went to a black college went to a predominantly white uh magnet school um i'm now a community organizer i grew up playing classical music from the age of four mm -hmm. i grew up in the worst neighborhood in chicago by some accounts mm -hmm. I've got a whole bunch. I worked in rural North Carolina, as I mentioned. I've got a whole bunch of different things up in me right. that 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 allow me to see a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, you ask, you 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 ask somebody, and they'll say, you know, we we can't focus on anybody else. But but for me, I think what what is important right now is that we need more bridge people. I see myself as an intergenerational bridge. I love sitting at the feet of old old people, elderly folks. Yeah. Uh, seasoned people. Right. I love that. I don't. I don't get an attitude about that. Right. And I still listen to Gunna, little baby. Right. 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 right you know right, what I'm right, saying. Right. And then I still listen to Freddie. You know. You, I listen yeah. to it all. Yeah. So I. F I feel like I'm a bridge. We right. need more bridge people. Cultural translators. Yes. Yeah. Who are who are fine with accepting that I'm a bridge? That means at some point, people on both sides of that bridge are gonna feel like I'm not fully on with them. Right. Right. I get that. Um. So. If you were designing the liberation and you I hope I think that you hope to be one of the designers, if you're designing uh, a, a new system, because we've talked about the questions about the answers, if you were designing a new system that um, fully incorporated uh, all these different groups of people yep. into it, what would it look like? Well, I think the one of the primary po points about it that any person who considers himself a socialist would say is that. The people who put in the work to create the products will get to decide what happens with the profits from that product. Hmm. It's one basic tenet of what we're talking about. So um, it is a uh, it is a state city where the you know let's take this this office here mm -hmm. right where the people who put in the labor, who film, who etc. Once it comes time to decide what happens with the profits or the surplus from that labor, they come together and decide what happens to it. Mm -hmm. And not just a group of people doing all the decisions. That's right. one part. Right. We would also have a true democracy where everybody had the right to vote, where our media, you, let me backtrack real quick. 
we put out a little bit of this vision with our freedom papers with dream defenders mm -hmm. right and what that lays out is that we've got a uh, true freedom of media where people can get the accurate information that they need to make informed decisions, right? That so where we need that because I don't think we have that now. We absolutely do not have it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we so do you, not have you, you it. That this, the, this will be the future. The future. Yeah. We do not have it. Right. Uh, you know, we have all the way the polar opposite. The opposite of that. Right. Right. You need that for a true democracy. Mm -hmm. You need a free press. Right. For a true democracy. Um, we would have, we would prioritize in the spending. If you go to any municipality around the country and look at their budget, the lion's share of their budget. And I mean, an overwhelming majority goes to what? I lost you. I was too like, ask the question again. The overwhelming majority of each municipal budget, city, state, federal is what? Defense. Yes. Mm -hmm. Police. Yeah. Right. All right. That's not smart business sense, mm -hmm. right? You taking away resources for schools, healthcare, education, water, and putting all of it all of it into police, mm -hmm. who are supposed to who who got an unfair you know this is controversial to say, but I think police got it bad. They got to clean up all the shit that corporations and our um, preoccupation with profit does to a city mm. right the increase in crime because there are no jobs mm. right uh the increase in crime because there are no uh educational capabilities there are no um opportunities the increase in crime because you stack people on top of one another in one neighborhood with no resources no food uh, inadequate water right right man p police are like the trash man right so i feel bad for them a so, little bit so they come into a situation and d dealing with all of these social ills you feel like it's just a matter of time before they start to deal with them poorly or, or like, well, like, what do you? Well, I think the police system is fucked. It's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, right. It's like, yeah, right. It's, this it's, isn't in defense of the system. Right. <laughs> it's fucked up. But the people in the system, mm. yeah, you know, I could, I could understand why. It's, it's a hard, hard to say. It's a hard job. It's not an easy job. Yeah. And you think that spending more money to get me a better bulletproof vest or a battering ram mm -hmm. is actually the solution to an issue that could be fixed with better schools, better jobs, better health care, better mental health. Right. You get what I'm saying? Of course You're I saying do. instead of all of this that will actually prevent you from having, having to, to go to that Having place. to be, for these places being this dangerous yeah. and this hopeless. Yeah, I'm going to just give you a vest. Put a Band-Aid on it and right. try to th keep you safe in an area where the people are so desperate yes. that they can't even care about, you know, right. I, I get it. Um, economically for the communities, what type of structure would you like to see there? I'm, getting you, I'm about to have you lay out the whole fucking plan. Well, because I mean, because, it's, I mean, right now there's a lot to be said that maybe you know globalization and uh, yeah. and some things like that have actually taken away a lot of the jobs and a lot of the the things that lower to middle class people would need to sustain right um uh you know lives and meaningful lives yep. here in America right what do you think about that well this is funny I was watching a Steve Bannon interview like wow. two weeks ago which one. Uh, the revolt watch of the little, the revolt of the little guy. It I try was, to watch uh, all of his interviews. By yeah, the way. yeah, really, <laughs> I, I do. It was fascinating because mm. while I don't, I, I believe that borders have been arbitrary and have been used to, frankly, devastate peoples. Right. 
uh, Bannon talks about the nation state a lot as the building block. So mm-hmm. we, we categorically disagree on um, the importance of borders for the um, elevation of an economy. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to have a... There, the reason companies left the United States is because they can get someone in Vietnam to, to make cheaper. some dirt cheap. The, yeah. the reason Apple built a whole city in, in mm-hmm. China is because they could do it for cheap. They also put, put, put places, put their stuff in places where they don't have to pay their taxes. Exactly. So this is a, oh man, you know, this is interesting. You interview me in six months, I read more, I might have a different answer. Mm-hmm. But right now, I don't think we're going to be able to move away from a globally global economy. So what, how do what, we get manufacturing jobs and then jobs back here to kind of like sustain people's lives? Well, I think what we've got to do is uh, have a national or a, a international minimum minimum wage. Oh, okay. So you right? think more globalization would be almost the no, answer? No, I'm saying globalization is a fact. And no matter what Donald Trump says, the jobs are not coming back in mass mm. from these other places. Okay. If they can still find a way mm-hmm. to even pay your tariff right. and still pay these people like, oh, I'm just going to pay you 10 cents now because I got to pay this tariff. It's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, 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 the America first thing is all branding. Hmm. Let's bring the, the manufacturing back. I do think if we did say everyone around the world must pay one standard, there's a base of pay no hmm. matter where you are. Right. Then I'd be interested to see what then happens. Um to where things are made and, you know, whether manufacturing stays in China, whether it comes here, et cetera. All right. Um, the other piece to this is around globalization is, hold on, I lost my thought, uh, a minimum wage. You find that motherfucking thought right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Maddie. What's up? Why is Philip up here? I've been telling people how fucking brilliant this nigga is for like he's, he's up here losing thoughts. Lost my thought, man. <laughs> Talking about fucking e- economics. Yeah, man, I lost it. Uh, but it was a, it was the second part. Oh, automation. Okay, that's what it was. So when we're talking about a, um, you know, I don't know what we do against the rise of automation though. It's <laughs> so funny. I was watching, I was watching, I was walking in Pasadena. Yeah. And there's this burger joint in Pasadena. This is so hilarious to me. This burger joint in Pasadena. I don't even know the name of the burger joint. Probably look it up. And I'm walking down the 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 the, the street in Pasadena, right? Yep. Me and the mouse. And <laughs> and uh I look over at the burger joint and it says, hey, this is we are the first burger joint to have Flippy, the robot uh-huh. That flips the hamburgers. And they in the fucking picture smiling with Flippy. Yeah. And I'm like, you dumb motherfuckers don't realize that Flippy is going to take your job? It's done. Like, you're over. Flippy yeah. is sitting there thinking like, I will eat you. You know what I'm saying? Flippy, yeah. Flippy, it's going to be, you're going to be gone. You're posing with Flippy. Flippy yeah. going to flip. Flippy can work longer than you. Yes, he can. Flippy can flip the burgers more efficient than you. Yep. Flippy can, on his spatula, have a temperature gauge yeah. that tells him the precise temperature that a perfect burger is yes. cooked at. Yes. Flippy don't ask for no days off. Nope. Flippy not getting pregnant. It don't get burned in the eye with the oil. <laughs> Flippy don't get burned it in the eye slip. with the oil. It don't slip and fall. It don't slip and fall. 
The only thing you have to worry about Flippy is that one day somebody hacks Flippy, Flippy kills everybody in the right. motherfucking right. restaurant. Other than that, right. uh, like, uh, like, other than that, Flippy is a far superior employee than you could ever be. And they posing with Flippy. Yep. Short circuit, Johnny yeah. Cash. Right, right, uh, right, right. But this but is where we are. But yeah, automation is a huge, huge thing. Going yeah. to like a bunch of Flippies everywhere. Yeah. What do we do? And I think the bigger question, the larger question over what I just said about uh, you know, an international minimum wage is we've got to begin to contend with and ask questions about what does it look like to live in a world without work, right? Mm -hmm. Where there is no work available, yet people still need to have basic resources to purchase things. Right. So at some point, there are a bunch of questions that we're going to have to reconcile, of which I want to spend the next few months in study about. Thinking about them. And of which... There are many millions of people who already are thinking of it. Silicon Valley is already talking about a, a mm -hmm. universal basic income right. because they understand that, yo, we about to fire all y'all. It's happening in Stockton right now. Yeah. You see, the yeah. young brother in Stockton yes. right now has the basic income going on. Yeah. And they say it's really been working. Yeah. You guys don't know what that is. In Stockton, they pay you just for being yes. around. Right. Like, like right. you know what I mean? Yep. So, like, um, I, I read it's fascinating. And so they, they've experimented with it. Um, and actually in parts of Oakland, they were doing something different. They were paying people. Ceasefire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to. Not to, you know. Yeah. Engage. Shout in. out to Reverend McBride. Right. Pico. Yeah. Um, they've been doing some great work. Fantastic yeah. work. Yeah. That is bearing results. Yeah. Like, you know, so it, it, it's interesting because as soon as you start to say words like universal basic income and things yeah. like that, that makes some people fucking flip out, Philip. I mean, you're short sighted. It makes people go crazy. I know. I know. Like, it's a it's a bunch of people because I was I, I, when I read that article, I hadn't I was not familiar with the concept yet. Yeah. I'm a I I cannot remember the name of the brother uh, who who's the mayor of Stockton. But oh, Michael Tubbs. My, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I read the article about him and some of the things they were doing, you know, I talked to my dad about him. Yep. My dad was like, "Me and tell me." Pay a bunch of niggas for not working. Right. It'd be a light, a bunch of yes. lazy, shiftless. I was like, Dad. Yeah. Now I was just like, you know what, Dad? No, but that's real. Right. Work is a part of what we sell as like a vital part of life. Mm -hmm. um, and it has become. I mean, when we were, when we, you know, you were a, a blacksmith, or mm -hmm. you were a, a, a farm worker, or mm -hmm. you welded, you mm -hmm. were a welder. Work has been a part of the human experience. But we are about to live in a, but now work is affixed to wages and wages are affixed to how, what you can purchase and what you can do and how you live. Mm -hmm. And soon when corporations are producing all they, all they need with machines, there are still going to be people who still need to do things. And we're going to have to reconcile what is going to happen in that world. And I think there are people planning for that. Mm. And we've got to be as a movement thinking of that and figuring mm -hmm. that out. Hmm? I had a roll too. Oh, that's right. Philip's got to go. Yeah. Listen, uh, I want to ask Philip one last question because he's got to get out of here. He's got to, um, I don't know. A talk. Fucking, I don't I'm fuck. doing more talking. Fuck that. <laughs> Maybe you should stay here and internet these people. This is going to go up Tuesday. Yep. It is not Tuesday right now. Right. No, actually, it's going to go up Monday. We're moving it up. Okay. I just want you to give people a little bit of information as to why they need to vote in this particular election besides what we've already discussed. I'll ask you about capital right. the next time you come back. Cool. But tell them right now uh, why they need to vote, why the vote in this particular election is so important. 
Uh, you know, this year is a referendum on the last two years. We've seen what it looks like when you have someone in office who has disregard for most people um, and what that means for our lives. If you've ever doubted the impact of politics on your life, all you need to do is look to the last two years, mm. right? You should look to your entire life, but ex exceptionally the last two years. And this election, we've got a number of candidates with the right platform. It has to be two. Candidates with the right platform who have ascended to their candidacy because of movements who have created that lane that people need to vote for. Mm. Um, people and, pushing pe people yes. pushing politicians or right. creating politicians. Yes. The actual voice of the people emanating through like a politician's words and actions. And then be prepared first 90 days to get in that ass for whoever it is. Because Be that Andrew, Stacy, Beto, whoever it is. Ben, all of them. Because the, the fact of the matter is these uh, elected officials are elected by us, are supposed to be products of us with platforms that are supposed to be representative of our values. And no one hires anybody and then says, I'll see you in four years. Mm. Right. You're in there the first day Did this person show up. Right. And so if you are if you I, I'm stealing this from someone from last week. Everybody tells young people, remember the people who died for you to be able to vote. Mm -hmm. uh, we're saying, think about the people who dying around you. Mm. Right? Not the people who died for you, but the people who dying around you right now who need you to put people in office who reflect their values and then understand that on day one, it doesn't stop. And move with 2020 vision. That's what we're saying. 2020 vision. We need to take back the country in 2020 and begin to have elected officials that reflect what all of us agree with. That people deserve basic necessities, no matter who they are, where they came from, um, and what they do. What they look like and who they fuck. That you deserve what, what, what everybody has. Woo! White people in the room, give it up. For the smartest man I know, huh. Philip Agnew, I'm telling you guys. We about to do this together, man. Keep your eyes on this brother. As long as I have a platform, I will continue to empower him. I believe that the ideas and the answers are inside of your brain, bro. Yeah. I, I like, I, I'm, I'm, like, go, I'm going back over this whole talk now. Like, damn, I forgot that. But nah, I'm looking nah, forward to talking again. Yeah, well, for, for, we're going we're gonna to get you on here again. We were supposed to have a talk down there in, in Northern California. It didn't happen. Glad my dad's doing well. Yes. But, um, but yo, uh, tell them where they can find you. Make sure they can get as much right. Philip as they need. So go ahead and do that real quick. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Phil of Dreams. P-H-I-L-O-F Dreams. Phil of Dreams. Like the movie. You yeah. get it. If you, if you, if damn, you, I never got age, it. Phil of dreams. I never got it. That's what it was. Yeah. Phil of dreams. Like yeah. Phil of dreams. Yeah, man. Come like on. Second bro. dumb moment <laughs> of that. Phil <laughs> of dreams, man. All right, baby. Appreciate you. No problem. Thank you so team. much. My uh, brother, we out. Yes, sir. We, we're, we're friends. We are friends. Would you say that you're ratchet? Uh, ratchety. Ratchety? Ratchety. What is ratchet to you? I don't know. You tell me because you are the one that thinks I'm ratchet. This is what I would call <laughs> ratchet. This is what I would call ratchet. Okay. But not even because I don't use people think of ratchet as a bad term. I don't think of it as necessarily bad. I'll use it as a descriptor. Okay. Um, Like we're all out at dinner with Charlemagne. Right. We're all at 
what was it, DuPars or something like that? I don't know what the hell it was. <laughs> it was at DuPars. We're all talking and stuff like that. Everybody's there. Shout out to I'm Wax. I think what you about to, to tell Leash. me that I did there because I was quiet as hell at dinner. No. Yes, I was. Like, you're one of those people that within 10 minutes of meeting you, <laughs> every ratchet fucking thing you've done in your life is out on the table, Marissa. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a bit of an overshare. Yeah, why? Why do you feel that is? I don't know, but I'm working on it. I don't want to be an overshare. You know? I'd prefer not to be. Then why do you feel like you do it? I, I have literally no idea. No, no, I think I do have an idea. I'm very socially awkward, mm-hmm. and I never know what to do or talk about. So, so you talk about like <laughs> what I do because it's funny and the ridiculous, right. and you just wouldn't expect it. So it's like an icebreaker. So but that's what I look at it. So as. like telling like for telling somebody, yo, I'm getting flown out by blah 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 rapper. I can't wait. Like that's an icebreaker. <laughs> the fucking ice is melted. <laughs> There's no more ice. I mean, that you know, just fucking balls to the wall. Go, go right in. Would you say? So this is not really an interview. We can just kind of talk and shit. Yeah, we're just because like listen, man. The second part of this, Philip is um. Philip Agnew, one of my heroes, man. Philip is so smart, man. He's so absolutely gifted and intelligent. Um, not not saying that you aren't. No, I'm about to say, <laughs> excuse me, I was in gifted and talented classes. Not Thank saying you. that you aren't, but I just wanna, I wanna, I wanna balance this out. Um, and I'm wondering a couple of things. Do you feel like uh. that? Would you say that you're a sexually liberated woman? I would absolutely say I'm a sexually liberated what woman. What does that entail for you? For me, it's just I'm open about my sex life. I'm honest about my sex life. I like to experiment and try new things. Mm-hmm. I am single. The people that I deal with are single. Mm-hmm. And we all use protected situations. And if not... What is a protected situation? <laughs> condoms. We all use condoms. We use condoms. And so every time. If there's ever an incident where we don't, right. then I make sure that I go get tested right. and get everything checked out. Mm-hmm. And I don't play those games. So... so being a sexually liberated woman, mm-hmm. uh, do you feel that there is a reason why you are sexually liberated? Why do sometimes other women not have the same uh, sort of views on that? Why is it such a thing that's still taboo and stuff like that? I honestly, well, I think society's taught us that that's not necessarily great. And, yeah. Um, I've experienced that in my own personal career like people have tried to stop me from doing stuff just because they're like oh well isn't she a hoe or doesn't she fuck so and so and has absolutely no bearing on my ability to do my job but Mm -hmm. that's what it is and I understand that you know and the women I found that like women that I meet are very 50-50 they either like really fuck with me like so heavy and just think I'm like the greatest craziest whatever like their spirit Mm -hmm. animal or they just think I'm disgusting and trash and whatever and i believe you know women too have been taught like even if that is your inner desire like shut the fuck up and don't talk about it like if you're gonna do it just be quiet about it what's the most ratchet thing you've ever done Mm. i mean give me i I need (laughs) i need like a like a whole story for the ages not calling you or any woman a hoe no, because, no, no. because we are all we have all hoed yeah we've all hoed we've all hoed yeah give me give me give me a, what, what's the most ratchet give me a give me something uh probably this year was the, really was the ratchetiest yeah i'm like this year has been such a strange year for me because it's been my like I've been the most mature and like calm mm-hmm. and like really introspective and really like figuring out who I am, what I want, how I'm going to move and all that stuff. But then like in reflection, I look back and I was like, but I've also done 
like the craziest shit at the same time this year. It's just right. seemed less, I guess, as ex- less exciting because it's been my life. But um, in like April, I f- okay. So there was a guy that I was messing with. He works in the music industry. He's not an artist though. Right. And I, I feel like I'm. So by that you mean he works. At Best Buy in the media department. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. He says absolutely, rap CDs. yeah. I feel like I might have mentioned this before with you guys, but um, I was messing with him, and he found out that I have a girl that's like into threesomes as well. Mm-hmm. She lives in Chicago. He lives in New York. I live in L.A. Just for some putting that out there. Yeah, there we go. Let's yeah. look for that word. And um, when he was in L.A., like you know, during sex, you just like promise shit, but you don't really mean it. It mm-hmm. just feels good. And you just say things, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna give you a threesome." Well, you said like, that during sex. During sex. Oh, okay. And I don't mind threesomes. I just with him, I that wasn't top of my list of things to give him. Why? Just, what What differentiates <laughs> a guy that you do a threesome with and a guy that you don't do a threesome with? Um, mostly it's like if you deserve it, like if you're just. <laughs> what do you do to deserve a threesome? I can't really describe it. Like you just have to be like holding me down, and you have to be fire, and also like. He's holding me, holding you down. What does that mean? Just like fucking me good and treating me right, but mm. on, so like you deserve to have even more right. in that scenario. But also you have to look good, and he doesn't look good. So I don't want to like bring my friend into a situation where it's like an ugly guy. But I did it, and um, he was like really adamant about it and kept texting me like the next week. And I'm like, oh, are you like? I didn't think you were serious, but all right, I'll ask my friend. My but fr- you told him you do it. I know, but I didn't. So mean wait, so it. why? Well, so why? Did, so <laughs> you said a lot of things. I'm sure empty promises to girls. Sure, I mean, but I mean, like it mostly had to do with money. But like the <laughs> the, the 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 reality is that you told him yes, you would do it. I did. There's during no, sex, but there's nothing. No man. You, you be, people be promising, I'm gonna buy you a house during sex. Like you don't mean. Who it. are these guys? <laughs> like the guys say, I'm gonna buy you a house during sex. Like that's yes, one hell of another. Like, like damn, girl. You like you need a co-signer. Like that's crazy. <laughs> so and there's not a guy that you're gonna be like, yo, I'm gonna give you a threesome, and he's just gonna forget about that one. I guess. Like he's well, gonna no, set no, the serial no. reminder right away. I feel like guys that get a lot of threesomes won't really care. Well, they'll just bring it back up at a, at a like at a, a later random date. time. This right. person, I don't think he's ever he had, had, never one. had one before. So it was like the whole. So grail exactly, for him. I didn't realize what I was promising. Yeah. And um, so he followed up for like a week. I finally asked my homegirl. Now my homegirl that's like was down. Mm-hmm. She, I met her through having threesomes with someone else. Yeah. And we just became friends randomly. Right. Because when I met her for this one threesome. Because the guy brought it together. Mm-hmm. And then she was going to jail like a week later. So we like became friends and she called me from jail. Jesus Cause Christ. Because it turns out she doesn't have any other friends to call, which right. was whatever. She, she was going to jail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's another story for another day. Yeah. And um, so anyway, I called her up and I was like, hey, girl. So I know you've been wanting me to visit Chicago. I can totally come visit. Here's the, what is it, caveat? Is that what it is? Here's the uh, whatever. Um, you're gonna have to have a threesome. Oh, the gifted program. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. And um, she was like, "Oh, that's cool. Who is he?" I'm like, "He's not cute. You just—it's really a, a favor." And she's like, "All right, that's cool. Fine." I was like, oh. "Wait, wait, 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 wait. Who are these? Like, Maddie, are you hearing this? <laughs> Austin, who are these? Who are these? Who, who are these? So you just asked her to do you a favor and have the threesome, and she does this. Yes. Uh, not even not knowing the guy. Literally, not Literally, no question. No, this is actually a really good whole story. <laughs> yeah, she's a dear friend. Yeah, I love good, her. Good, good home girl. So, so, um, so continue. <laughs> okay, so then uh, I told him, I was like, I mean, she's with it. She's in Chicago. He's like, I right, bet. 
sent me my flight info like 10 minutes later. He flew me to Chicago and himself to Chicago wow. for this moment. Wow. And then he was like, do you want me to get you a hotel room? You want to stay with me? You want to stay with her? I was like, I'm going to stay with her. Wait, like, so he, he got a hotel and he asked if you guys wanted to stay with him. Yeah, but and I didn't. That didn't wasn't, do that. No. That's too much. Me and, we're That's not, way too far. Yeah, me and him were just like on some like random sex shit. That's it. Like there was no feelings. Like I didn't like him at all. It was just literally random weird sex. I'm going to ask you to explain this after, but continue with the story. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, so then we went to Chicago, and uh, he didn't know how to act. He was very, like, green. And, uh-huh. like, we both showed up, and he's, like, hugging us both, like, hey, ladies. And I'm like, don't. That's not. Don't do that. That's. What are the rules for a threesome? I don't know if there's rules, but that's just not it. Like, don't act like, like, just act like you've been here before. Like, and you, that wasn't. <laughs> he just seemed so excited. All right. And, um. Yeah, so we had the threesome. It was whatever. But then the worst part was the next day. So so he was done. So she had asked me, like, have him keep you here two days as, like, the deal so that I can hang out with you more or whatever. So mm-hmm. that was part of the deal. So he left the next day. And then so she deals with, like, some big Chicago kingpin drug dealer guy. Mm-hmm. And Which I, n- I never heard that. I don't want to be a part of Me neither. Yeah. And so she was like, okay, so today you have to give him a threesome with me. And I was like, oh, why didn't you tell me this like nah ain't no why didn't you tell me this now look at maddie maddie look look, ain't no ain't no now why'd you tell you have to do it now don't you unfortunately yes Uh, you didn't have to do anything but you did yeah but i I mean like if i wanted if i I almost just said her name if i wanted her to keep doing me favors if i ever need them like i kind of have to you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. be a solid friend right so unfortunately that was a scenario that night but i told her i'm like look i don't really want to fuck at all so we could do the whole i'm gonna give him head you give him head and then I'm a tap out thing or whatever like just take over and right. she's like okay great that's the plan I'm like and I don't want to give you head either so um, <laughs> well, this is but girls you're giving, have, this, you're giving him like a secondhand lame threesome now. yeah well she knew I was only coming for one reason mm-hmm. she threw this at me it's her fault I could have prepared for this ahead of time right. so then I told her I was like let's do the fake out with if we have to give each other head like which is girls you put all your hair over like the other girl's pussy and then you act like you're eating out but you're not doing anything but the it, wait, guy you say thinks, this is a fake out this is a known fake out yeah but there are certain amongst girls, women there are certain girls who can't do this right well, if they have no hair like your I friends guess, with I guess Amber, Amber Rose like your friends with that. Amber right <laughs> like Amber can't do that freak out so if Amber's down there she really gotta be getting it in yeah I guess so yeah wow. I mean but I mean most times we do just get it in but like in that you instance, and Amber no I you, mean me and women you've like, ever had threesome with Amber no I've never Amber has only had one threesome in her life she's not into it at all really yeah it's not her cup of tea okay yeah continue Um. but yeah so I guess you can't do that with everyone but right. mostly I usually do it was just that night it was that like I just had out. a whole threesome mm-hmm. I'm not trying to do a whole other one the next day with some drug dealer I don't know what his life story is I don't right. want to know what his life was this place is. nice no, we didn't even. We went to the W Hotel. So oh, okay. she got like a room. Mind you, the whole day she sh- she's stressing me like, does this room look good? Does this room look good? I'm like, they're all the fucking same. Just book a fucking room. Right. And then she's like, do you want to get lingerie? I'm like, no, I just want to get this over with. It was like really irritating. And long story short, she didn't go according to plan at all. And he was like holding my hair back when it came to me having to go down on her. So I had to really <laughs> go down on her. Austin (laughs) look at Austin is engaged okay B she didn't let me tap out after giving head so I had to have sex I was very pissed off oh I feel so sad for you right now I was pissed I feel so sad for you right now and then finally what you mean you had to Marissa but I mean I'm not about to I mean you're right I didn't have to do anything but in the moment to satisfy her so that she's not over here fighting with this man Mm -hmm. I obliged and just 
went with the with the flow. Right. And the next day, I went home and saged myself in my apartment. What is sage? Or like you put sage all over yourself? Yeah, like you know, you like you light it and then and I you, put it all around yourself? and then I walked around my apartment. Did he hit you up in the um in the text or like? No, he I, he doesn't have he doesn't even know my name. I don't think. Damn. I want I want I don't even know his name. I want nothing to do with that right. situation at right. all. When did your ratchetness begin? <sighs> I wish there was like this in the little bells. Um, 2013. That was your first year of Ratchet. Mm-hmm. What, what? what? Um, I, had bro- I had been with my ex-boyfriend um, 2011 and 2012. And uh-huh. then we broke up right before Christmas, like right. a week before. Actually, right. 12, 12, 12, we broke up. I remember that. And um, it took me like six months. I was like distraught. Like I couldn't even look at another man, think of another man, speak to another man. Like I just cried every single day. Mm-hmm. And then somehow I just woke up one morning in like July of 2013 and I was like, oh, I'm better now. Okay, cool. And I went to a party and I met someone that I've admired for a very, very, very long time. A.K.A. a rapper. Maybe. And I had no idea this person would be there. I didn't go to this party for that. It was literally just mm-hmm. random coincidence. Mm-hmm. And I bagged them and I was like. You bagged them. Well, n- kind of. Can women bag? Yes, like we could be like, what's your number? But I mean, what is that like? We're we're guys, right? Right. It doesn't so matter. You can still can bag. You, how like, can I you can bag st- us? Well, I think it was a mutual bagging, but no. What I'm saying is, but I mean, we could just literally walk up to you what and I'm be like, is, "What's up?" A guy, but that's there's no challenge. Why? Right? It, there's no challenge. That is a challenge. No, with men, women, when you women, when men pursue women, there's a challenge because okay. the woman. Uh, in the pursuit of the woman, she is most of the time. It, it's a it's a deal. It, it takes something. Okay. The woman might you have to sometimes break the ice and stuff like that. Right. With men, there's no challenge. You don't know that. Maybe maybe they're not interested off top, and you have to work to get their attention or something. Really. No. How many, exactly, I'm about to say, like, how many times do you? How many times do you fail? It's like you. I, 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 that always gets to, like when we. I, I bagged. It's really no bagging when it comes from females to males. There's no bagging. I think that's a, that's a that's a outdated mentality. Why? Because bagging in in the in the in the literal sense is just. What I'm telling. What I'm telling. I I'm, shot my shot and. and what I'm telling made women. The basket. Is, what I'm telling women or is that and I'm being honest. Uh-huh. I'm the honest male friend. Mm-hmm. Is that these niggas will fuck anything? No, that's not true. A lot of them. I mean, is, yes, is a lot case. of them will. Yeah. literally stick their dick in whatever. Right. Do you understand how hard it is to be at your house on a Friday night playing a PlayStation when you know you could be getting your dick sucked? No, I don't, because I don't right. have a dick. To it, suck. It's what I'm saying is that real that like you know what I could be doing right now. If you think that thought, especially when you're younger now. You know, at, at the ripe old age I'm at now, you actually want to sleep. But, <laughs> Same. Uh, but but when you're younger, like in your 20s and stuff like that, you never going to pass that up. I mean, I, I don't do it, little motherfuckers in their 20s, though. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Not now. <laughs> yeah. Wait, like mouth off camera one to me. Who? Who? Oh, <laughs> he doesn't really count. Oh, okay, that's the cool. homie. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. sometimes. So... That's when you started being ratchet in 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep. And then um, that whole summer, I just kept meeting like people, like guys, and I was like, wow. Because the first dude put your name on the wire. 
I no, but the, the other guys I was meeting, I mean, they were industry, but they weren't artists or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, wow, this is like, I don't know. Before, when I was with my ex, I had lost a lot of weight. Like I had just gotten really in shape and stuff. So it was yeah. like my first summer, like being oh, skinny. being out there. Yeah, I feel you yeah, on that. Yeah. The first summer of like taking your new body, a hundred percent, and like feeling just so liberated and wanting. Uh, honestly, still, even though I had gotten over it per se, I still mm-hmm. wasn't over it. Over it. So a lot of that was like. Let me try to just fill the void of still I'm still kind of sad or at least lonely. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of never stopped. And then now it's not it's, I, the people that I deal with now are just kind of the leftovers from these past years. Like I'm not actively looking for anybody now unless I meet someone that I actually like and then want to be with. But is, ra- is Ratch Life uh, fulfilling? At the time it was. Is it fulfilling now? No, not at all. It was it was it was fun for what it was. I have great memories, great stories, great laughs, great crazy times. Right. Um, now I kind of just like I mean like I still really enjoy sex and I enjoy like interesting sexual experiences, whether it be a threesome, meeting a new person in that scenario, or going to a swingers club with somebody. Like I like all that kind of stuff. So like I'll still sporadically like dip and dab. Like if somebody hits me up like, yo, I wanna see you this week, like I'll come mm-hmm. potentially. But only if I'm really like seriously not busy and don't have like at least one other better thing to do. Right. Um but like I really am over it. I'm ready to like I feel like I've lived, lived, I could be in a relationship. So you're ready now. to be in a relationship. A hundred percent ready. And that's also why I started therapy recently because I wanna make sure that it's not just a lonely, I want to be in a relationship, but I'm also like really, truly ready, ready. Hmm. So do you think that your sexual liberation or, and I don't, you know, do you think that there was anything unhealthy about anything that you were doing? Absolutely. Right. How do we get to the point to where we understand this? I'm being serious. This um, is what I'm, this, 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 I, I mean, because being... um being sexually free, not repressed, free with your body, free with all of that stuff, mm-hmm. something that everybody wants. But we also don't want people to be espousing that just in ways to fill up other parts exactly. of their lives that they might not be having. Exactly. So how do you know the difference? Um, well, I know for sure initially it was legitimately just fucking fun for me mm-hmm. like and so exciting like holy shit i can't believe i could be on this person's radar and be around them and have sex with them or whatever you know like fulfilling fantasies i guess essentially right. like being around guys that like i've literally had stuff. their posters on my wall and now i'm sleeping no, with i get them. that I like get that. that was very liberating for me maddie what's up <laughs> if, if if you could um if you could sleep with one woman from your past <sighs> like I don't know why you're making that fucking sound, bro. This is because a conversation. I'm not the right person to ask. Why? Cause I'm married. I'm not gonna answer these questions. But, but, but let's say, but let's say that you could, and you your wife, pass. you had a pass. Yeah. Like one woman from the past, like that you when you were growing up. Who would it be? Who would be the poster on your wall from when you were a kid? Hmm. I had a lot of like wrestling posters on my wall. <laughs> so the Rock. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to hang out with him. Right, you know, and then they, if he shows you his dick, it's like whatever. Oh uh, you know, be like, hey man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey Rock, what are you doing? Rock? Let's, just, uh, let's not, just hang out. Chill out, man. Yeah. Um. So. No, but for me, mm-hmm. I think, and like, I don't just go and. F- 
fuck any person because they make some music. Like, it has to be I've been attracted to them or wanted them or whatever. And for me, it started becoming like a game. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, shit, if I could bag this person, like, who else can I get? At, shut up. Mm-hmm. And I realized I'm very self-aware, typically. Mm-hmm. it takes Sometimes it takes a minute. Right. But I kind of realized a lot of it, too, was when I was younger, especially, like, middle school, mm-hmm. I was the chubby one with braces. and. Yeah. I, but I, I was really popular though, yeah. so it was like a weird dynamic of but people like, liked you, but you didn't maybe as much like yourself as much as exactly. They liked you. And I, I was friends with all the popular people, and I was friends with um, the the dorks because I was in the, all the smart classes and stuff. Right. So, but it's like I didn't really fit in with the dorks because I was still the cool per like I was yeah. the cool one. So they kind of like I wasn't really fully accepted. And then with the popular kids, everybody fuck with me heavy, but I wasn't pretty like all the other girls that had like their little crushes. They with fuck their with boyfriends you, but they didn't want to fuck. Yeah, exactly. You. Yeah. So I think that created some type of weird vortex in your mind uh uh-huh and so like you know and i never really got the guy when i got to high school i started getting guys and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. i think the damage kind of already had been done Mm -hmm. so as an adult kind of realizing like wow i can get the people that everyone dreams about like this is a game to me like i want to just see how many other one and it was just like filling my self-esteem but it wasn't like then it's like yeah but they don't want to be with you in the end so in the end it like fucks your self-esteem up even more than you started to and so it kind of it was really just and then like then i even understood that but i still like all right but i'll take the temporary moment of feeling really good over whatever over just like not having anything and so i kind of realized that's what it was doing after a while so that's why especially this year i've really just been like that's not what i'm interested in so are you giving up the ratchet life are you, I wouldn't, are you retiring your ratchet? I would part? say, I guess. I mean, like I said, it's still sprinkles of ratchetry in there. Like, I'm going to see someone this week. Hey, but it's the same rapper? person. I'm not going to say anything. The same person I've been if dealing with. If you don't answer, for, then, uh, then I'm guessing I know you. I've known him, this person for over five years. So okay, it's just so, like. So definitely a rapper. <laughs> what does that mean? I've known a lot of people for over five years. Yeah, but definitely rappers, though, if you've known them for five years. But you're flying out, it's definitely a rapper. Did I say I was flying somewhere? Whatever, but you're going to see someone. That implies leaving. You don't a know city. what that means. This anyway. Nigga, you, so me and Tan, this nigga's making you come see him on a Greyhound bus? <laughs> you won't even get you a flight? Damn. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Have you ever fucked a whack rapper? Like his skills whack or yeah, like his, whack his, in bed? Like uh, he's, he's like he's a he's a he's a whack rapper. Uh, I mean, no, but I've fucked like corny people that don't deserve pussy. But why did you do that? I was really horny and I was just I just wanted it. Yeah. And it yeah. sucks because like sometimes and then they're like really good in bed sometimes too. So then like, cool, you did it once. And then it's like, however long later and you're just really fucking horny and you want to fuck and they're the only option and you don't want to give them pussy because you know they feel so validated and they're so corny. They don't deserve that validation, but you do it anyway because you really want to fuck. So how do you, is it tough to fuck? Describe fucking a corny nigga or a corny man. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. Because in the moment, it's fine. They don't act corny typically when do they person. act when does the corniness come out like online and with their little like instagram stories and just always bitching and i don't know they're just emotional and weird and like and you still but they still get what they want though they do unfortunately like yeah. i'm i'm definitely feeding into their and they think they're cooler now right because they could say they hit so that sucks i'll tell you the reason why is because a lot of times like you're like you ratchet like with a heart though. Oh no, for sure. Yeah. That must, how could it be? But you can't be right. Like how it's, you can you be? It's, t- it's got to be. You got to be cold hearted. I have the most no? complex brain thought process. Mm-hmm. 
emotional roller coaster. Are you healthy? Mentally? Yeah. Yeah. I would now. say I am, yeah. And then with therapy, it's helping me like work out the parts of me that definitely need it work. Mm-hmm. So, did your therapist ever tell you maybe you know calm mm-hmm. down with the sexual escapades and stuff like that? No, but I think because I mean we're just, I'm still new in my in mm-hmm. my therapy. We're only like four sessions in. The first one, she encouraged flyouts. She was like, "Oh, well, don't you think like other women are like dying for that experience?" They probably are. And I was like, yes, but I want to stop. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think, and and talking to a couple of my girlfriends that have majored in psychology and some of them are doctors and stuff, um, they were just kind of saying she was probably doing that so as to make you feel comfortable with her and not make you think that she's judging you from day one. Mm -hmm. And then as you guys build a rapport and get more comfortable with each other, she will eventually tell you like, okay, so this is how you could help stop the behavior and this is your thought process and blah, blah, blah. But I guess that's why at first Hmm. she was like, it's cool. <laughs> no athletes, though. No, nah, it's never been my thing. I mean, I, I messed with um a few years ago. He was a uh, he was on the practice squad for the Eagles. <laughs> so like, what? A practice um, squad NFL player. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I know. Horrible. Um, and I'm just not really into the athlete thing. A lot of them are not that intelligent. Sorry to stereotype, but a majority of the ones I've ever met are just are very not intelligent. No, they're just very ball is life. Not fair. It's not because LeBron is extremely intelligent. But but, but I, it depends on how you measure intelligence, right? I mean, they just cannot have a deep convo. All they really want to talk what? about it, any anything other than music and sports because they could talk music and sports all day. That is, you know what that means? What? That doesn't mean they're not intelligent. No, it does. That literally. Means, no. Or they have no depth. No, that means they're not well versed. Okay. Because well, then there's that. there are a lot of people that are biomechanical engineers. It's true. And all they can talk about is biomechanical engineering and things related to that subject. If I were to ask them things about the arts or culture or music or happenings like that, those people probably aren't talking about that because uh, they're so consumed with what it is that they're doing. Yeah. I was wondering, did these athletes, we say that they're not intelligent, give them their playbook or their offense or schemes or other players listen to a boxer talk about other boxers and like what you have to do they're highly intelligent they're oh no for sure intelligent in their discipline but like one athlete i was around a lot recently just was just fucking dumb and had questions like do you believe in dinosaurs and i'm like that's not a matter of do we believe in it they absolutely existed <laughs> there really? is proof he's like but did you see them i'm like that uh no but we could see the bones so right. yes we do know they existed and hey, so listen i gotta be honest <laughs> with you there's some controversy over that dinosaur shit no there's not dinosaurs 100 percent roamed the earth they said there's a there's controversy among who dinosaur shit. amongst people who doubt dinosaurs okay. first, by the way for everything uh, I, if you don't think dinosaurs don't you don't listen to this podcast if you don't think dinosaurs are <laughs> around Maddie's looking at me crazy I believe the Loch Ness Monster is real too <sighs> come on man I believe it what, what else do you believe crazy shit that's it everything else I don't like to like indulge in conspiracy theories and you listen to rap because we're gonna move on because that wasn't an interesting segue you listen to <laughs> rap like is it is it different being a female rap fan no there's nothing different about it mhm why would there be? Uh, because rappers are sometimes hard on women. Yeah, but I mean, if you listen to it just as for what it is, entertainment value, it's like who gives a shit? It's it doesn't. Music. It doesn't bother you at all. Sometimes. At all. But I'm also like the wrong person to ask. Why? Like, as you could see from the way I live my life, like I'm just open and just I, nothing much so, gets to me. So I. So like you're listening to a rap song and this niggas like, yo man, take a bitch, bust a bitch dead in the mouth, then nut in the wound. 
and that doesn't bother you at all? I mean, that's that's a really... Don't act like they don't say stuff like that. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say, I'm going to punch her in the face and then come in it. That's, that's like, really excessive. But if he just said, like, I'm going to bust in her face, like, that's cool. Yeah. But, like, the punching part... I'll, I'll, I wonder this sometimes because, <laughs> like, as, as I get older, as I get older... Uh-huh. I start to see more problematic elements in the mu- in in the music. Absolutely agree. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or in the m- outside of the music too, and then it's hard to separate the artist from the person. Right. Um, and I wonder, like, it's it, it just it's a it's a it's a function of me getting older, but also, like, rap is just you gotta kind of just take it for the entertainment value. Sometimes. Absolutely, that's what but I've I just wonder done. if you want there to be change in in the music, or if you like that right No, shit. I don't, don't want there to be change because you don't want rappers to be more respectful to women. I mean, in their everyday life, yes, but not on the music. No, I kind of just feel like that's. I don't know. It doesn't fuck with me, really. Not at all? No. And then as we try to police it, it's going to be fucking taken away from the music. But you don't think sometimes that, like, some of the... It's hard to separate what happens inside the sphere of the music and what happens on the street if people listening and consuming the music are inundated with... I guess you're right, and they do and have a platform that they are really influencing. We people. gotta, we gotta be a little bit more responsible. I think I, I live. Feel like we are. I, I, I agree with you. I think part of the reason I think like this, I guess, is because I do live in the bubble of being with all these people right. and very much knowing that what they're rapping is not as, as far as certain topics or whatever, it's not really what they're living. Like they are the most respectful people. Yeah, and it's just sweet, like this. Really it's, nice it's, people. It's, it's, so you, so you see the other side of them, right? Like even like you know my roommate Mike Zombie. Like I'll hear him make songs about fuck this bitch and that and like he would never in his life refer to a woman as a bitch like right. ever like it's hilarious to yeah, me I, like, I, like I met I saw Mike I was at the Joe Budden uh, live podcast shout out to Joe Budden and them and I met Mike for the first time there mm-hmm. I would have never thought Mike was he was so super even quiet tempered and just, yeah, yeah he just he's cool. just so Yo, I'm Mike Zombie yeah he's like, like the chillest oh, human being on the planet he produced yeah. that Drake started from the bottom yes sir yeah smash smash hit a big song. How come he hasn't done any more Drake songs? Uh, ask Drake. That's a Drake question. Yeah, that's not. That's not Mike. Mike would love to. You make one. You make a hit like that for me. I'm gonna keep bringing you back. <laughs> that's what you would think. Drake is. Drake has had like. Drake is on every Take Keith beat. Drake loves Take Keith, but something happened. There was some drama with him and Mike. No, no, dr- literally zero. Nothing happened. Damn. You just have like we. I don't, no drama. Literally nothing. They're still everybody's still all good. A hundred percent everybody. I got beats, man. Mike uh Mike uh he said he's gonna produce for me. What are you gonna rap? Yeah. Okay. That's nice. Why are you looking at me like I can't fucking get that done? <laughs> I want you I'm gonna be to honest live with you, man. your best life. I it, want it's you a to lot do of people everything. out here that have really put me in a box like I can't do certain things you I can, can do. I believe in you. I'm gonna do everything at the same time. I'm going to be a part of liberating my people. Okay. All right. I'm going to be a part of building new systems. Okay. For African Americans. Okay. Um, Good stuff. I, I'm gonna and, and I'm a fucking rap. You know what? You and do that. It's gonna that. be that ratchet gangster shit too. Um. Do you like? Let's go back to the fucking rappers. Real quick. <laughs> oh my god. You make it sound like I'm a fucking harlot. What? Just out here fucking rappers. It's not what I do. What I do mean, you do? I I. Don't do that. I just I'm not my trying life. to make you sound like a harlot. Like I, I'm really not. <laughs> but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You have a certain type. I do. That is that is absolutely true. And this, what, tell me what the type is. 
Um, you told me this before. Musically inclined. Musically inclined. There's actually two types, but both of them are musically inclined. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them would be skinny as fuck with dreads and tattoos all over their face and just ratchet as all fucking hell. I right. love that so much, especially when they're super intelligent and they look like that. Just the dual is just amazing. Right. And then the other type is you just fetishize black guys a little bit there. No, I don't fetishize a little bit. No, it's a little fetish. No. Was, that was a little like it's not fetish. That was a little. There's I, nothing fetish that was a little about like, that. I like guys like Jamil. That was a little. It was a little bit. No, of there was no fetish. Anyway, you're, you're mad white though. No, I'm not mad white. You're Puerto Rican and I'm white. Puerto Rican and Polish. Yes. So is there is there no part of you that's like you just like a a black man? No, because I date I date Dominicans, Puerto Ricans. Hey, no, no specific type. Mm-hmm. Just tends to be in the the genre of music that I enjoy that mm-hmm. I'm around. Most you people date any make ra- reggaeton guys? No, I've never met one. Never. Although I would, I mean, he doesn't do reggaeton, but I would uh, date Osuna, but he's married. Who so. is that? He is a singer from Puerto Rico, and you might have heard him on like the Tory Lane Spanish track, no. or the Cardi B Spanish track from last yeah. year. I don't listen to Spanish tracks like that. Yeah. Like I like it. It I love. I can really appreciate Spanish music. Okay. But when people start like rapping in other languages, it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> because I want to know what they're saying. And you don't know. Like they got the they got on on Meek's album. They got the song with Fab and Anuel. And yeah, and I'm like, yo, this is he sounds dope, but I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> so like, I can't really get you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, uh, yeah. But and then you you have these types. Do these guys ever disappoint you sexually? I can't say I've ever really had bad dick. Uh, ever? No, no, no. Definitely ever. Um, but not from a rapper. So you I ha- haven't fucked that many rappers. Jesus Christ, man. They're usually more so behind the scenes people. Um, look, man, we're gonna leave it. I'm gonna tell you something. What? I don't think I'm ready for the end of Ratchet, Marissa. She's never gonna fully go away. No. Like I feel like even with my man, I'm gonna be having like orgies. <laughs> like whole orgies? <laughs> no. But um I'd be like open to like going to a swingers club and like lit and like trying shit. I'm obsessed with the guy that you're not really attracted to that. You're not really, and you just gave him a threesome. Yeah, that was. I surprised myself with that one. To be you honest, you did. You just you're like fuck it. Literally, that's yeah. what I was like. But you know what? Like, I just enjoyed fucking him because he is not my type at all, and it was just so taboo to me that like it really turned me on. Taboo. Yeah. What's what was what would be taboo about? It wasn't it? necessarily ta- have like a third horn. No, like, he's like just a- fat and like we've been home. Like he's like everyone knows him and everyone knows me, and we just always been like just homies. And then, like, we just randomly hooked up, and it was just so weird to me because I'm just so not, even if I look at him still, even though he fucked me really good, and I look at him, I'm like, ew. And it's just, it was just more interesting to me. Like, You're just, a weirdo. <laughs> uh, like, it, it, like it, it's like, you, you just said, I look at this fat, pastrami-ass nigga yeah. who I can't with a fucking little dick. stand. With a, little, with a little dick. And he still fucked me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Yo, man, <laughs> shut up to this dude, bro. This dude is, this dude is winning. So you say he's fat. Balding. Balding. Mm-hmm. Small penis. Yep. Is he at least rich? No, I don't know. I mean, he makes, he does well for himself. He's not fucking living on a private island. Fellas, listen. <laughs> Fellas, if you can hear the sound oh, of my if voice. If he hears this, he's going to. Fellas, if you can hear the sound of my voice somewhere, <laughs> you're thinking you're not good enough, fellas. Somewhere, you're thinking you're too small, you're too broke, you're too fat. You're thinking, what woman 
would, in her right mind, would give me some pussy. Mm. I want to let you know that woman is Marissa Minnie. <laughs> it's not necessarily. That I've been friends with this person. I really fucking fuck is with this Marissa Mendez. And if it's not Marissa Mendez, <laughs> it is somebody out there for you, fellas. Don't give up the hope. My ladies, too. There's somebody that will fuck you. <laughs> and that's very important. Somebody will do it for whatever reasons. It could be because there's a connection they can't understand. Marissa can't even tell us why she did it. Like I, I legitimately don't know. <laughs> and I still, I was trying to meet up with him when the other day, and it didn't happen. But like, I was still like, why do I want to see this? But I don't know. I don't know. My God, no idea. Now I'm gonna tell you something. I'm that that that's what I think about when I think about America. I think about a land where. <laughs> You can get fucked by somebody who really doesn't even want to fuck you willingly, <laughs> doesn't want to do it, but does it and then likes it, but doesn't know why they do it and do it again. And again and again. It's and again and again. Yeah. And we'll give you a threesome. Yes. We'll give you a threesome. I, I will would. say this, though. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe no more threesomes with, like, drug, drug dealers. dealers. Yeah. Trust me, I want nothing to do with that ever again. All right. Ever. Maddie, give it up for Marissa Mendes, man. <laughs> I'm going to clap for myself. My partner in crime here. Thank you.